Before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by Tablecloths. Have you eaten dinner without a tablecloth? It's kind of messy. It can be super messy. So when it gets that messy, use a tablecloth. They'll protect the table. They'll stop it from stains. They are your first line of defense against any issue dealing with the table and dinner. So Raymond, before we get started, tell them, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at thegoldcast underscore. And most importantly, you can follow us on Instagram because it's brand new. So follow us on Instagram at thegoldcast. And you can, you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. Subscribe because that is the quintessential way to stay on top of all of our podcasts when they go live. You'll get a notification on your phone, tablet, desktop. And we would love to hear from you guys, especially in the comments section, good or bad. No question. All right, here we go. We had a huge, huge week in uh, Bay Area sports. The Warriors, oh my God, the landscape for the Warriors has changed very dramatically. And there's a lot of back and forth about what it means and, you know, KD. So we're going to talk about all that going into it. Let's make this happen. The Goldcast, here we go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is The Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of The Goldcast, the voice of the Bay, the voice of the faithful, the voice of anything having to do with sports in San Francisco. I'm your host, Rudy Slusa III, the Latino Lando, Cloud City, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Raymond, you know what You know what I like about The Goldcast? Everything? Yes, no question, everything. Number one. If you're listening to the Goldcast right now, we are not analysts. We are fans. We are super biased. We are homers. We only care about three teams. We care about the the Warriors, the 49ers, and the Giants. That's it. We get super pissed off when they lose. We get super excited when they win. And we are super biased. If you're listening to this right now, you are not here for a unbiased, like analytical ESPN opinion. That is not what you're here for. You're here because, like us, you're a homer and you love Bay Area sports. Raymond, do you remember when the 49ers, remember when San Francisco was a 49ers town? That actually yeah. existed. That, that existed at, at a certain point. I think it, I think at heart it's it always is, but right now you know the focus is it's kind of nice because you know one of the reasons why it was that was because the Giants were getting close but not never being able to get the chip in the '80s, and uh, I think not again until the 2000s did they go again. So, but the Niners were winning consistently throughout the '80s and also in the '90s and competing well into the '90s all the way up until 2000 early 2000s when Jeff Garcia took over. But and and really the Giants hadn't done anything. The Warriors were the Warriors at that time and the A's were the A's. <clears throat> and so now the now that the sorry, I mentioned the A's cuz I like the A's. But uh the 
Giants are now relevant because they're still, you know, really, really fresh off of their most recent dynasty and looking to add to that dynasty, which is awesome. So people will have something to look forward to in April versus just kind of waiting for the Niners to kind of get back into the swing of things in August and September, which is the way it used to be. Now we have, oh, and, and then we're, we have a trifecta where it's like, oh, awesome. Now football's over. Let's focus on the Warriors because that's amazing basketball. It's the best in the league. And then once that starts then there's overlap because the Giants are going to get started here in about a month and that's going to be exciting because they have a big roster they're them between them and the Dodgers they're essentially the Yankees and Red Sox of the West Coast and so there's more relevancy in sports Bay Area sports now it's just amazing and the only thing that I find really frustrating is that and we've talked about this before on the Goldcast is that on the national level like on the national sports journalism level nobody's talking about Mm -hmm. it even though we've been to six championships in six years and we've won four nobody's talking about it if if boston was doing what we're doing right now if the red sox won three world series in five years and then showed up to the super bowl and then uh went back to back in nba finals literally espn would be broken in half over the dominance of boston but because we don't have journalists at the national level, people aren't really talking about it, despite the fact that, honestly, like no question, and in my opinion, not even like biased opinion, we literally have the best teams in sports right now. We have the most success from 2010 to 2016. There is no question. We have won won more championships and been to more championships than any other city. No question. You know, it's funny you mention that because even though the... It's not as well recognized as New York and Boston. The league recognizes the relevancy of the competitiveness now that San Francisco has because now the Yankees are putting in trade clauses that exclude uh, West Coast teams, in particular California teams. I saw those. That's crazy. And, histor- and I've never seen that before. No, and historically, I mean, historically, when it comes to baseball in particular, I mean, they just, they literally just do not, uh, they don't count the West for anything. Like, they, they just are not scared. They have no fear. You know, like, they just don't care. But to do that now, I was like, wow. Kind of shows where we're at. Just kind of reemphasizes the point. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't you don't want your you don't want any more talent going to the competition because the competition is now taking away talent from that was usually dominated by the East Coast teams. You know, the Yankees always can make a big splash, but the Giants are the ones making the big splashes off off season after off season. Yes, last year it was Johnny Cueto. This past season was uh, Melancon. So, mm-hmm. you know, one starting pitcher. Now we got to start closer. So it's amazing. Oh, man, I cannot wait for baseball to get started. I literally cannot wait at all. One of the best things about the Gold Cast is that we are not fair-weather fans. We stick through in and out. We watched every 49ers game for the last several years, all those crappy-ass games. We stick by our teams no matter what, through thick and thin, the way true San Francisco sports fans are expected to behave. Boom. So let's get into it. KD goes down. Man, Ray, we literally had 20 games left. We just needed to get through 20 games. And now KD goes down. Did you see it? It is bad. It, 
It's horrific. I saw it. It, it just kind of snaps. It just kind of snaps a little bit. I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I feel like. I don't know if I feel like it was horrific. It definitely snaps back. I've had a hyperextension before playing street football, and uh, it's. It definitely does not feel good. You. You feel like you can't walk on it. It's almost like your your whole leg goes out. You know, and any more pressure. You know, if you go, you're not, you're obviously because your knee's not supposed to go bent inward like a chicken. So you're not supposed to invert your leg. So it, it did invert briefly. Um, wasn't nasty. It wasn't like the, the, the Napoleon Kaufman injury. Oh, that was so gross. Um, so, but the problem is it's a grade two MCL sprain and a tibia bone bruise in his left knee. So it's tough. So that's an, a minimum of four weeks. I would say six weeks to be on the safe side. So let's talk about this. Warriors immediately afterwards lose two in a row, bounce back today against the Knicks and win that game. How do you feel going forward? Spurs aren't far behind us at all. You know, like, what do you think is the landscape for the Warriors going forward for the next um, 20 games? You know, like, what's going to happen? Do you think they're going to hold on to the number one seed? That's That's the main question. Well, that's the goal, is you don't want to be put in the two seed. You want the one seed, because in the one seed, as the standings are now, you face the Nuggets. If you drop to two, then I think you play. they play the Thunder uh, or Grizzlies, one of those two teams, whoever hangs on to that spot, because Grizzlies and Thunder are neck and neck. They're about a game apart. Grizzlies have an edge right now. Clippers have an edge over the Grizzlies, and Jazz has an edge over the Clippers. And the Rockets are there, so they're going to probably be the third seed. So, but I think you definitely want the one seed because you want a home field advantage and the Warriors home field is the most advantageous arena in the association. So that's the goal going forward. They've said that they're not shy about it. And if I was them, I would feel the same way. Obviously, rest and health is still an important factor. And I think Kerr is going to have to be very, very diligent in how he conducts that part of it too, because we know that. Other teams are, you know, Cleveland's doing that. Cleveland's taking heed to that. They're like, oh, crap, They KD just went down. We just got the upper hand leverage. Um, should we meet in the finals? We should take it. We should not take this for granted. And they rested Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. We know Kevin Love's injured. I don't know when, when his timetable is. They just acquired Andrew Bogut, which was a huge acquisition. They got their asses kicked by the heat because there was no Kyrie Irving or LeBron James. So, but at the same time, you know, they don't have the most stiff competition in the Eastern Conference, although the Celtics are only two, three games back. So you never know. You don't want to gain, you don't want to lose ground. I know the Cavs are going to concentrate on that too. So we'll see how Ty Lu kind of manages his health and or his players' health going forward because they just lost, they just lost some ground to the Celtics, who I think can catch them. I really do. Th- I would love to see the Celtics catch them. That would be awesome. You do. You, you've been a very big supporter of the Celtics. I mean, you know, you, you've said several times you think that the Celtics are possibly capable of beating them in a, in a best of seven. Yeah, they just got to get more consistent on defense. You know, Isaiah Thomas is the force. It's obviously breakout season. So, you know, you got to take the next step and try to catch the Cavs. You know, there's three games back, so you got to get three three games. You have an advantage, so you're they have a better division record. Their home records 
three games. They have three more losses. They're, but the Celtics are better on the road, a little bit better on the road. And both teams have been 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. So they're kind of neck and neck right now. But the Celtics have to take advantage of the loss that the Cavs just suffered and kind of push it forward um, from here on out because they, they want the one seed. And I know the Spurs are thinking – Spurs are going to do what the Spurs do. They're thinking about the Warriors now. Thank God we won today against the Knicks because we desperately needed that loss because now the Spurs are only two and a half games back. And uh, Popovich is going to be thinking about that, but they're going to kind of do what they've always done. They're nine and one in their last ten games. You know, they're a great road team. They're also a terrific home uh, home team. So we'll have to keep an eye on them because they've won seven straight too. So they're on a hot streak right now. So let me ask you this: um, Look at the whispers, the Raymond whispers. Raymond has these magical whispers, and he's able to like tap into like some Nostradamus shit. So twenty games from now. Who has the first seed, first place seed in the West? I still think it's the Warriors because of Clay and and Curry. Like, so the the big difference now is that the Warriors are not as deep as they were a year ago, and the pieces that they have replaced their deep bench with are not as proficient as the previous players. You know, David West is still coming along. Iguodala's lost a step. They don't have. Uh, shooting center like most Bates who do, who's still playing his game over in LA for the Clippers. They don't have, they, they did pick up some depth. You know, Zaza Pachulia is terrific. JaVale McGee has been a surprise this year. They have year. Barnes now, which uh, is Joe, super weird. Joe Looney's in there. Matt Barnes is great. Um, I don't think it's weird because he used to be a warrior and I watched him when he used to play with Monte Ellis. Uh, there was also one year overlap with Curry. So, so for me, um, I, I think it's great because he brings he brings an attitude. You know, remember when he was beefing with Kaepernick because like, I think Cap like slept with his lady or something like that, and they were beefing on Twitter. <laughs> I don't remember that. Are you serious? <laughs> Matt, no, I Matt don't. Barnes, Matt Barnes is like a straight up thug. <laughs> what? He's got neck tattoos. He's like uh, up to his he ears. Was, he was talking to somebody on Twitter, and he's like, "Yeah," but he was talking to another Niner, and then he's like, "Yeah, but your quarterback's a hoe, though." <laughs> Like that was something oh what the tweet God. was, and it, and that was reference to I guess Cap sleeping with someone he knew or he, he was dating or something like that. It was silly, silly, you know. Uh, well, but you know, like you know, Cap kind of has a reputation for uh, sleeping with other players' uh, girls. That's yeah. Uh, Alden Smith is in that boat too. Alden <laughs> tattoos, homeboy, so big. Yeah. So. Um, but I think Matt Barnes was a great pickup. You knew the KD injury was serious when Matt Barnes got picked up immediately. They didn't waste any time. You know, KD's got six weeks to work on that. And that's the problem with a grade two MCL, MCL sprain. It's not like Curry's MCL sprain a year ago in the playoffs where that was a grade one. And that was he came back within two weeks and then kind of had a slow start in that Rockets game and then had a historical uh, overtime victory over the Rockets and set another NBA record this this deal with KD is much more serious because a grade 2 MCL sprain means that it is partially torn you don't need surgery a lot of MCL sprains don't require surgery unless it fully tears then you do but in this case he dodged that bullet just barely so as long as he keeps the swelling down does all of his due diligence and his uh, physical therapy he should be fine and but I think I would take it easy for him and I would push it to six weeks you know, because you got, you know, the, the Warriors are going to be protecting their investment because the playoffs are on the line now. And Cleveland just gained more leverage with the acquisition of Bogle, who's going to give them inside baseball knowledge of the Warriors scheme, even though it's 
a lot different with KD in the mix, but the problem is KD's not in the mix right now. So that will change the landscape if they go into the playoffs without KD. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, let's talk about Bogut to the Cavs because, you know, the the national you know uh, per- perception at this moment is that the Cavs have the deepest bench and are the most prepared for uh, a finals win. Do you agree with that? I don't. I don't think they have a good bench. And to LeBron, Brain, Le- LeBron James was complaining about that bench no more than three weeks ago. But so, that's why they got Bogut. You know, I mean, like that's literally yeah, why Bo- he's there. Bogut doesn't doesn't automatically upgrade you to quote unquote deepest bench in the NBA. I don't. I I don't buy that at all. He's yes, Bogut's a good rim protector. He can dish well. He's not a prolific scorer. He's more there for rebounding and rim protection. However, he is doesn't have a lot of stamina. And it's very, it's not very durable. So we know that that was a liability of his uh, throughout his entire career, and that was kind of he was kind of one of the odd men out. If you have to choose between Zaza Pachulia and Andrew Bogut, I'll take Zaza Pachulia every single time. And, and Zaza Pachulia has been playing just as long as Bogut has, I think even longer. So to me, what that acquisition is really all about, it's less about what he provides for them defensively and more about what he can give them in terms of in terms of how to exploit the warriors but the problem is that the knowledge that bogut possesses is from the system he was a part of in 2014 and 2015 which is very much different from the system they have this year because KD is a huge, huge game changer and even their bench is completely different. So their rotations are different. The, the, there might be some fundamental similarities between what they do, but uh, it, it's, it's still a very different team than what you saw last year. There is no Mo Spates. There is no Festus Cecilie. There is no Brazilian Blay, Blay Blur um, in, uh, what's his name? Um, I forget his name. Played for, he, he went back. He went back to the Suns this this season. Um, anyways, so they don't have those guys. Uh, Ian Clark has had to step up. They had three new centers. They got rid of all their centers. They picked up three brand new centers that all have completely different styles and are, te- with the exception of most Bates, are an upgrade from the centers that they had last season between Festus Azili, Andrew Bogut. And most baits. Most baits. I like most baits the most because he could shoot the three. I mean, he was a decent rim protector, not as good as Festus Azili, who was inconsistent. And Bogut was their most consistent defender. That's why he started. But uh, I don't think that they have a deep bench at all. I mean, look what happened. You take out Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, the team falters. Last year, and yeah, they're zero five. They're zero five yeah. this season without LeBron. Exactly. So that there's a huge, huge lean on that. Sure, the Warriors lost KD. They went zero for two, but then they. They picked up their rhythm because it was different. KD hasn't been down all season. They've kind of had, they've had a luxury of having a player like that. And along, but here's the thing: the Warriors have three more All Stars on the starting roster alone. Nearly had all five of them in All Star because Zaza Pachulia like missed the All Star voting by a hair. So you have four quality players in that rotation. Three of them are All Stars. Three of them are champions, so they know exactly what to do and how to win. They just need to they just need to make an adjustment for the time being to keep pace with the number one seed, and they'll be fine. They'll be absolutely fine. Their their all star depth is much more superior than the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
and one of the big three for Cleveland is out again, Kevin Love. And I says I I don't suspect him to be healthy in the playoffs. I don't even su- suspect Bogut to be all that big of a contributor in the playoffs too. He's there for inside baseball knowledge. He's not there to to play huge minutes. It was like Harbaugh versus Carroll when they would do that all the time with all the all of yeah yeah yeah. They, yeah they still do that. They they still pick each other's players. That's yeah. that's not that's normal. Well, God, Ray, I love it. I love when you talk like this because it gives me hope. It really does because I'm, as you know, I can get very nervous very quickly and uh, I'm, I'm terrified. I think, you know, I, 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 I feel like, I feel like 20 games from now, the Spurs have caught up. We're in the second seed now and it's just a little bit of a tougher road. I still think that if Kevin Durant comes back in time for the playoffs, I think that for sure we, you know, we, we go, we go to the NBA finals, no question, but God, man, I just can't get that knee going backwards out of my head that this. I thought it looked horrific. I, th- I was just like, your knee's not supposed to bend that way. Ever. It's, yeah. not, it's not supposed to bend backwards. And it looked crazy. And I was just like, oh, man. Just, of course, out of, you know, at this moment with literally just, we're so close to the end. Like, only 20 games. God damn it. But Yeah, it's, it's definitely, a, the timing is obviously, you know, impeccably inconvenient. And it's annoying because, you know, whenever... When you have a team that that gels so well together and you disrupt one of those pieces, i.e. Jamon Green getting suspended last year, you can see what kind of impact that has on a team like the Warriors that are so that harmonize so well because of the players they have on the floor at any given moment. But the one of the benefits is that they have so many players that contribute quality minutes that they can afford unlike most other teams to have one of their big time players if not their best player off the floor and still win they proved that with curry last year now they have to prove it again with kd for a little bit i love it well i hope they can do it and and you've uh, you definitely convinced me so moving on this next topic is definitely fairly controversial it's about colin kaepernick oh man colin kaepernick so he announced on Thursday, I believe, that he would stand for the national anthem and said that he is very, uh, I guess, satisfied with the, the progress that he's seeing uh, in the country and that he's going to stand for the national anthem in the new season. And a lot of people were really critical of it, and they felt like the only reason he said that was because he was going to become a free agent the next day. And... A lot of people felt like that invalidated, you know, his whole argument. So I, I kind of want to talk to you about that because when he first kneeled, it started a movement that reverberated through all sports. I mean, you know, players from all different sports were joining him in this movement. And then, you know, he admitted to uh, not uh, voting and that was really controversial. And that obviously that, you know, that was very divisive. And now the day before uh, he becomes a free agent, he says that he's going to stand and that, he, you know, he's very happy with everything that's going on. And I just want to hear your opinion about this, because in my opinion, um, I think the whole thing, you know, in terms of uh, deciding to stand, I think the only reason he said that was because he's a free agent now, you know, and, and I I'm. I'm definitely disappointed, you know, and that's a little controversial, but yeah, I'm disappointed. I think it, I think that's super fucking whack. And I think the only reason he's doing that is for the money. And I think it invalidates what was a pretty strong movement that had gained a lot of traction. So I want to hear what you, you feel about that. 
Well, the good news is that it's not like he's done doing work. He's we know that in the latter half of last year, he was working with several different associations and he was putting up a million bucks of his own money towards whatever initiative that he was uh, the, he didn't get into too many specifics but that's huge because of, donating but, yeah, a million dollars was, of your own money is huge the point is that he was putting his money where his mouth was um and that's kind of what you want to see if someone's going to take a hard stance like he did in considering the fact that he didn't vote which in a lot of which you can make a very easy argument to says that hey your your opinion's kind of not as important because you didn't really put you didn't you didn't you didn't have a dog in the fight or, or or you didn't you didn't put your you didn't put you didn't throw down in the fight you know to say like hey I don't like I, I think his excuse was he didn't like either candidate and that was the reason why he didn't vote it wasn't that that he just abstained you know just for the hell of it. But it that's was, not the only thing on the felt. ballot, you know, and you know that too. Like, exactly. So, so many things exactly. on that ballot that affect uh, California, affect San Francisco, like so well, well, many I don't things. know. I don't know if he didn't vote for anything. I don't know. I don't know if he, if he said, I just didn't vote for president, but he voted for everything else. I don't know if he did that. I, um, I didn't get that impression that he did. Um, so, so I don't know until, until I know more about that, I can't, I can't have an opinion either way, but what we can say is that he had a strong opinion about the candidates, didn't cast a vote that kind of discredits him a little bit at the same time. While I thought that he took some mature steps this past season, I think this decision definitely pushes him two steps back because it's like, Hey, um, once again, you're kind of showing that, you know, you're, you you're pushing yourself. You're putting yourself first, beyond something that you said that what that should have been the priority and the forefront of everything that you were that behind your protest last year. So, you're you're contradicting yourself, and you're kind of coming off as like just another you know egotistical player that, when it comes down to tax brass, it's it's your dollar value that matters more than you know, social injustices that you feel strongly about that you're making strides for. The, 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 the positive thing you can take away is that he is in connection with associations, doing work, putting up his own money. We don't know how much more he's going to put up. I haven't heard anything. But we know that he has, made, he has made moves besides just kneeling down. After he did that, he got together with other athletes and organizations to go and do some good, try to put, do some good work and make about some change, which is great. And you should continue to do that because without that, I think this would even look worse than it already does. I still think it looks bad, but if you want to take something positive about it, you can say, hey, he is doing he is doing work. So it's not like he's not doing anything. He's just going to say, ah, I'm going to stand now and I'm just going to because I don't want to mess up my market value, which is what he's doing. But at the same time, he's also doing his whatever work that he needs to do to, you know, follow, you know, follow, follow up with what he said he was going to do. So. You know, as long as he does that, I think that's okay, and that's the most important thing. But this is still a bad look. The timing's just poor. The, t the timing's really poor, and it just makes it very obvious as to what is motivating it. You know. Well, Caps never had great timing. This guy has a career fifty nine point eight <laughs> completion percentage, so I'm not surprised that the timing is not there because we know the ball has a uh, also has a. Uh, has a way of not getting to the receiver in the right in the, in the right way. Over the course he, he definitely of his career, struggles so. with timing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just I just thought it was a bad look. I thought the timing was really bad, and 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about this. Like, you know, I'm not going to get like super deep into the the politics of his uh, personal opinion. Like, I have no issue with his personal opinion. I have no issue with his, you know, his political stance and his activism and his protest. I just have issue with the fact that the day before he becomes a free agent, he's like, oh, you know what, America's pretty good. You know, in a in an era when I feel like America couldn't be more, the the climate, the political climate couldn't be hotter than it is right now. You know what I mean? Like, really? You you think things are better? I, I would say they're pretty divided. You say things are better? Yeah. That's that's why he's standing. Yeah. Which I thought was just, I, honestly, I just I was like, wow, that just sounds like a pile of bullshit to be straight, you know? Well, I'd like to know what what knowledge he has that gives him the impression that things are better because from the outside looking in, this looks like what we're all thinking, that this was just a marketing move to yeah. keep your stock up because you had a strong season statistically, statistically relative to cap, and you don't want to jeopardize that because that's, a, that's some of the reasons that why some teams aren't even giving you the time of day despite the fact that you're a free agent and they could use your services because you are dynamic, you know, you're not, you're not a prolific thrower, but you are a prolific. I still think he's a very dynamic quarterback and one of the better mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. So let me ask you a question. Where, where do you think he ends up? Cause I, I feel like now, now that he's, you know, officially going on the market, I, I think like without question, I don't think we get him. Like I, I think it's done. Between well, us. some rumors say Seattle. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that one bit. Doesn't make sense uh, to me. It would make more sense. I think Washington makes sense. I think the Jets make a lot of sense. I think Chicago makes a lot of sense. These are teams that have quarterback needs. So, and they have quarterback needs within the starting quarterback. You know, you don't know. Fitz Fitzpatrick is. You know, had a breakout year. You know, within in the latter, the latter of the twilight of his career, and he's not. And he, I don't expect him to have any more years like that. Oh and no! Way. The, the, like, the second he held out, I was like, no, that that's like that's football karma one one. The second he held out, I was like, there's there is no world where he is successful in in this year. And he was. He was terrible. He was super terrible. Yeah. So I think the Jets is a, is a very real option. I know his ladies in New York, so that makes sense who's this lady Denver? i don't know some vegan. <laughs> some vegan some vegan who kind of uh, feeds him a lot of a lot of the opinions he has he has you know come from her influence at least that was that's kind of the backyard talk that some people say so here's the next question do you believe that washington and san francisco find common ground and make a trade because I'll be honest, I don't. I, I don't see a world where Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the 49ers uh, this coming season. I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that's going to happen. I think that the Washington wants too much, and I don't think that Kirk Cousins is worth the, the second pick. And if that's what's on the table, totally not worth it. No, John Lynch is smart. I don't suspect him to bet you know, at least 25% of the house to get Kirk Cousins because that's what it's going to cost you. You're going to lose a good portion of your cap space. You're going to lose a, a quarter of your picks or at least, you know, uh, maybe 
15% of your picks because you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to give up a pick this year, and you're going to have to give up a pick next year. And that's too high a price tag for me. The better thing to so here, this is the better thing to do. Better to wait next year because this year he's franchise tag, boom, he's going to get a huge salary. If Washington franchise tags him again, they're going to have to pay um, almost double of what they're paying him now. I think it's like 40 million or something like that. And they can't afford to do that. And they can't, they're most likely not going to be able to afford to pay him what he, his long term contract, anyways, which means he's going to be a free agent. Then you can come in and make a deal because then you don't give up any picks and you just make a financial deal with him and you set it up in a way that is able to, that you're still able to manage your, the rest of your money in a, competently because you still need to acquire free agent picks to help supplement and help improve your roster because you're still going to, you're going to have a lot more rookies than other teams. And we still have rookies that still need a whole lot of polish or on the team current or Ray, or you, you don't do that deal and you pick up a good quarterback in the draft next year, because next year's draft is a little bit deeper on quarterbacks. Yeah. And we'll have to see, you know, I trust, I trust Kyle Shanahan. I think that this particular duo, Shanahan and Lynch, is one of the best ones I've seen in a very long time, even better than Trent Baalke and Jim Harbaugh. And that's because they these guys have like a really good harmony where Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius who's been in the NFL for a decade, nearly a decade. And then you have so, – so they have like a yin and yang thing going on here where John Lynch – was a player for over a decade, was did some broadcasting and did some light, light preliminary training, you know, in the office with John Elway. But now he's in the role of John Elway and he is a defensive minded person that knows players, knows the game, knows the X's and O's and knows it just as well as Kyle, even though Kyle didn't play. So you have a defensive minded GM and you have an offensive minded head coach. That is a perfect harmony there that's the best situation sides, it's yin and yang brains. yeah and you, it it would work in in the reverse if if it like in like in denver if you have D- john elway who's an offensive minded guy working with a coach that would be a defensive minded guy yeah no question i'm i'm definitely super excited to see what happens i'm you know i'm i have no idea what's going to happen at the quarterback front like i have no idea what they're even going to do I, like I said, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that Kirk Cousins ends up. Uh, Kirk Cousins ends up uh, here in San Francisco. I just don't. I think that Washington is asking too much, and and I just don't think he ends up here. Like I, I really don't. You know, like and and oh, by the way, speaking of draft picks, Reuben Foster, the guy that you know I've been really uh, touting that that I think the 49ers should pick up, was sent home on Thursday from the combine. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you about it. Yeah, you know, he apparently got in some big fight and they sent him home. I can't believe it, man. God. And he pulled the pulled the do you know who I am card. Yeah, you're a kid from college football and you're entering the pros and no one cares. Yeah, that's why you get to go home today. Yeah, like uh, every year. 350 athletes come from college. No one cares. Like, calm mm-hmm. down. 
Yeah, just yeah. You're, you're you're nobody. Go go home. Go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> super disappointing. Super frustrating. Like really, dude. Really, so whack. I thought that was super whack. Like super disappointing. Um, definitely not the kind of impression that you want to start with, especially with the 49ers who are trying really hard to kind of. They're trying really hard to escape the the situation that they had with a lot of the bulky hardball players where like it just seemed like every other week someone was in trouble with the law. You know, like we had like 12 mm-hmm. players that were like indicted with uh, situations like they're trying to walk away from that. And understandably so, you know. And that was because Balky was a very sympathetic and more empathetic kind of guy who wanted to give guys second chances. I think there's some of that in John Lynch, but John Lynch is going to say, hey, no, but we're going high character first because you need to prove yourself, you know, and you but you need to prove yourself with your personality. You know, you need to be a high quality like because John Lynch is a high quality guy. You might not get that if you just watched him play because he was a a headhunter. But at the same time. Um, that's something he's emphasized ever since he got hired. It's like, hey, you need to be a high-quality person, not just a high-quality player. Well, you know, uh, uh, talking about Balky in terms of his, uh, you know, his uh, sympathy and empathy, I mean, he, he also loved dudes with ACL tears. I mean, that was like his jam. If you had an ACL tear, you can get on the Niners. Like That's like his... Pit. Oh, man, you got a shot. That's like number one. In fact, if you you want to guarantee yourself a spot on the 49ers team, tear your ACL in your senior year of college. Boom. Balky's going to grab you. No question. He'll take you. Yeah. Doesn't matter what your stock is. You got a shot, buddy. <laughs> no, not at all. You you just punched your ticket to the NFL. Congratulations, son. Congratulations. Welcome to the 49ers. We'll see you in two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Definitely a... A big, big week for the Warriors and uh, and the 49ers with the whole cap situation. As usual, cap, uh, you know, is uh, in the news again for the wrong reasons. We'll see what happens. You can find the Goldcast at the Goldcast on Instagram, our brand new Instagram page. It's so good. You should be on it. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook.com slash the Goldcast, YouTube the Goldcast, big shock. Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. That's a long story. We're not going to get into it right now. But definitely like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. R A Y S O L I S. Boom. You can find me, Rudy Solis third. Rudy Solis. 3RD. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful, the Bay Area, San Francisco, everything you love, we're the voice of. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.